1: and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right back. Simons in the
2: handoff. Ken cuts to the left. First down and more. 30, 25, 20. Simonton on his way. Ken into the end zone. Touchdown Beavers.
1: And the streak is going to end here tonight. Black snap on target to Woidnick. He gets a much better punt away here. Sammy Strader back to his 30-yard line. Starts up the middle. Gets to 40. He's
2: got a seam. 45 midfield. 45-40. He's got a chance to go. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Beavers! Monumental sort of Black Suits running in. Nod your head. The Black Suits. Let me see you nod your head like this. Let me see you nod your head like this. Let me see you nod
0: Right. Serlina, making me sick, right? Earth is to her. she be like, me my Welcome to the Illegal Participation, the official like, podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording start, this son, while firmly ensconced the at the Heiner Tailgator headquarters. I'm your host, head chef planner and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co host and brother the Beech. Hey doing Beech?
1: billy i had a really crappy day
0: i'm sorry to hear that
1: you know i don't know if i told you i've been having problems with my dryer
0: oh i heard that yeah
1: okay so so my
0: now is this the dryer in your house
1: yes yeah, so i'm All looking at right. buying one to put out in the barn because i i need a i need a backup yeah but anyway so for like the last six months maybe eight months like I use the dryer and it would be like after three or four, maybe five loads, Mm -hmm. the little light would turn on saying, you know, check vent. Mm -hmm. And I'd go back there and I'd have like massive amounts of water in the vent hose that goes from the dryer into the, into the wall. What what kind of dryer is it? I don't know. Maytag or GE. I'm not sure. That what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so as of late, it's like after every load. I have water in the thing and, and and a substantial amount, just not like a trace, but like, like it sloshes in there. Right. Okay. So I'm like, check out the dryer. It doesn't seem to be the dryer. There's gotta be something wrong with the vent. So I go on Amazon, I do some research, you know, and it says buy a vent cleaner thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I buy this, this thing that's got like a scrubby thing on one end and then you connect these little rods to it that are kind of flexible that are supposed to go so you can jam it in the hole and it'll follow the path of the thing out the out the uh, out to the vent and i couldn't find the vent on the outside of the house and i've been looking and can't seem to find it i have a couple vents out there but i think they're for the uh the the much of a thing in the the vent in the ceiling for both the utility room and the bathroom. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know when the hell a fricking vent comes out. Then I thought I found one, but it, I was awfully small and I don't know what the hell it's for, but I don't think it was it. So anyway, so, cause I was going to go backwards through, right? Instead of going from the, from the house, go like push it back. So anyway, because I tried to stick this thing in one time and it didn't go anywhere. So I tried it again today. I'm like, I'm going to stick this some bitch in. I'm going to make it work. And they say, put it on a drill. And so you can turn it in it'll kind of spin up in there and clean out the vent. So I jam it in, and my this this whole scrubby thing goes straight up, like goes into the hole, and like it goes straight up. So I'm like, does the vent go out the damn ceiling? Well, I was just th- r- I was just
0: thinking about this because your utility is actually got a bathroom. In the middle of the house. It's in the middle of the house. There's a bathroom on the other side. of yeah. it. Yeah. So exactly, yeah, it probably goes exactly. out through the ceiling.
1: Okay. So I stick this some bitch in, and I'm like getting it in there, and I'm in, you know sticking it in there, grinding away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and i'm like and i'm and i'm like i'm stuck to a spot right so i'm like okay we'll put on the grill and see if i can or drill and see if i can turn it so i hook it on the drill and i'm turn on the drill and snap freaking thing broke and so now whatever's plugging up the damn vent also now has a vent scrubby stuck up in the son of a bitch so I, i i i've given up i'm So, and you know, my house is shot. It's like four years old. My heated floor controller quit on me in the bathroom. Uh, my two toilets are leaking because the hard water from the well is causing seals not to close anymore. My frickin' vent doesn't work at all. And, uh, on top of that, I have to get a light to shoot on my new flagpole that I put up and I can't frickin' find the low voltage wire that should be going right next to the flagpole to hook on my, my light bulb. And so all this crap is is hanging around. And then Rich got me the the talking pirate skull, pirate skull to put into the bathroom, and I do have that hanging, but I need to work on it a little bit more. So I got all these freaking projects going on, and I'm just frustrated. Oh, what else? Oh, and my refrigerator's making noise. So I just got all this crap, and I'm just frustrated as hell. So now I called an event company to come in and hopefully figure out how to get my vent cleaned up and see what the hell's up there. Yeah. You know. I don't know. and They're going to have to knock that thing down, but they probably got the tools and the talent. I'm a moron and I'm tired of it. <laughs> anyway, that's, nice. made,
0: that's when you know. That's when you, you watch them do what they do. Mm-hmm. So that way, if it happens again, you can deal with it.
1: Yeah. I, I'm to the point though. Now, I mean, I sell trucks for a living. I'm better off, you know, just selling my little trucks, doing my little thing and making the money to pay other people to do what they do well. So
0: this is true, but it's also nice to have yeah. the knowledge.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. But, but yeah, you know what? The specialization of labor has made our lives much more efficient. So
0: yep.
1: that's what, that's why I eat out every meal. It's like, why is a novice cook what I want to cook when there's other people out there that excel at what they do? You know, hmm. I feel like I'm stepping on other people's toes. I mean, why would I want to do that? True. So, anyway, there you go. There's my story. So yeah, my, I have, so if you start seeing me on the streets, wearing are am really wrinkly, you know, bad looking clothes, dirty, maybe. It's because I have no dryer. So, yeah, good time.
0: All right. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on your favorite podcatcher, including Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and whatever else you might want to use. If you want to get in touch with us, Heinrich tailgater at gmail.com. I am at Heinrich tailgater on Twitter, and you can also check out Heinrich tailgater on Facebook. All right, beach. First up, we have some listener feedback.
1: Ooh, do tell. I, again, always loving the listener feedback. I love the fact that we even have a listener.
0: Yeah. We got an email, let alone alone feedback. Yeah, we got an email. All right. All right. It says, gentlemen, I've been listening to your weekly podcast for a little over six years now and wanted to say thanks for the entertainment. Each episode just adds to my excitement leading up to the week's game. I particularly enjoy the segments on the opposing team's history and the Eugene updates. I live and work up here in Seattle, so I will definitely be blasting this week's episode for the purple puppies in my shop to hear this, this episode. this We got this email last week.
1: Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. This
0: is the one I meant to include last week, and I grabbed the wrong one. He continues, ah. Hope to stop by the actual tailgate one day. Keep up the good work. Thanks, and go beeves. And it's from Ray, who is flat-tail flyer at Benny's House. Benny's House is a uh, message board. So if you're okay. looking for a beaver message board Benny's House, I post the links for the uh, episode on Benny's House.
1: So, okay. Is it like a, a, an alternative to Pure Orange?
0: Well, Pure Orange died a few years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. The guy I, who ran it, okay. he, I he basically built it. And every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It would kind of go through fits and quit, and it quit, and he just never had time to rebuild it. So, gotcha. It died. You can, there's a pure orange Facebook group though. That's what I see. Yeah, okay. and, and I and I post the, uh, I post the uh, tail the uh, podcast to there, um, and a couple other Facebook groups. But yeah, and then there's okay. there's Benny's yeah. house, which is just a message board. Cool. All right, beads. You ready to talk a little Beaver sports? I, I'm
1: just. Thankful that we got some random strange listening to us. That's pretty cool. There you go. So, thanks, Ray. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah. First up, beach Women's volleyball.
1: Love women's volleyball, Billy. Please tell me we're, we we won something, and there's no butts in this one, other than the cute little butts that are in those tight little shorts they wear.
0: Well, beach Haley Bennett tied her career high with 22 kills, and Amy Underdown registered a season best 17 kills. But it wasn't Uh enough as the Oregon State volleyball team fell to Arizona State in five sets Friday night at Gill. Now, the match was OSU senior night with six seniors, McKenna Brown, Serena Bruin, Corey Cheshire, Shakina Clark, Montana Gubrub, and Amy Underdown, being recognized in a senior ceremony prior to the match. Then Mm -hmm. on Sunday morning at Gill, career best matches by Haley Bennett and Grace Massey weren't enough as the Oregon State volleyball team fell to Arizona in five sets. Now, that loss drops the Beavers' overall record to 9-18 and and 3-13 and in the Pac-12 Conference.
1: Just got hammered.
0: Yep, the Beavs will be on the road for the final four matches of the year. Next week, they'll visit Los Angeles to take on USC on Thursday at 7 and then go back to work Sunday at 1 at UCLA. Hmm. Well... Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, Well, that sucks. I think it's been a phenomenally successful volleyball season. Really? Well, they beat the Ducks.
1: Oh, well, that's true.
0: (laughs) That'll save any season. (laughs) It saved pedibone for like five years. There you go. (laughs) All right, Beads, let's move on to men's soccer. All righty. Another tie? Yep. Senior Loki Strenoff found the net. But the Oregon State men's soccer team fell the number six Washington 3 to 1 Friday evening at Paul Lorenz Field on senior night for six seniors. Oregon State ends the regular season with a record of 8 6 and 2, 5 3 and 2 in Pac 12 play. So
1: positive.
0: Yep. And they'll have the uh, NCAA tournament selection show this week, and we'll find out if the Bees make it in. I don't know. The, the Pac 12 is strong, but I don't know if they've got a good enough record to make it in. We'll find out. Gotcha. On to some cross-country news. Okay. Highlighted by Lexi Reed's 28th-place finish, the Oregon State cross-country team made its run to nationals during the NCAA West Regionals on Friday in Colfax, Washington. Now, facing wet and windy conditions, the Beavers ran to a 7th-place finish at Colfax Golf Club. Oregon State faced a talented field of nationally ranked teams out of the West region, including number two, Stanford, number four, Washington, number 13, Boise State, number 19, Oregon, and number 30, California Baptist.
1: I don't know. They're Baptists in California.
0: Yeah. But with their seventh place finish, um, that will end their season. Hmm. So.
3: That's the letdown.
0: All right, Beej, now time for a little bit of wrestling news.
1: Ooh, wrestling. What do we got?
0: The Oregon State wrestling team took on Simon Fraser for their first duel of the season on Friday evening, held at Tahoma Senior High. The Beaves picked up five wins by technical fall in the night and rolled to a 40-8 to 8 win. Wow. Now, I looked. That is Tahoma Senior High in Tahoma, Washington. Okay. Remember, we had that so question. there is.
1: Yes, we, we were talking whether there was a typo or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Nope, Tahoma Senior High in Tahoma. Tahoma. Now the Beavs are back on the mats this weekend as a contingent of wrestlers will compete at the Mike Clock Open on Sunday, uh, in Force Grove. Now the meet will begin at 9 a.m. at the Stoller Center. And, and that's and, one they do every year.
3: Okay, okay.
0: Why well, on Force Grove, Pacific? Yeah, it's a Pacific. Okay. Okay. So and the, all beast, right, cool. and the beast do that one, and it's an open, so all sorts of people come in and wrestle. Nice from all over the place. All right, beach, we've got some great news. We'll start off with women's basketball. Ah, the la- ladies, ladies, ladies. Will Beach. The number six Oregon State women's basketball team took down its first ranked opponent of the season on Thursday evening as the Beavs defeated number eighteen DePaul 98 to 77 at Gill in the semifinals of the preseason WNIT. Freshman Taylor Jones notched her second 20-point outing in her first three games, going for 24 points, nine rebounds, and three blocks. Junior Aleah Goodman finished with 16 points, six assists, and five rebounds including a contested triple from just inside half court to close out the third quarter. So she knocked, Mm. she knocked down about a half court three just at the end of the third. Impressive. Yeah, Beach. And then I've never heard it referred to as a triple before. Yep. Then on Sunday afternoon, the Oregon state women's basketball team claimed the preseason WNIT title as they took down Missouri state 80 to 69 at Gill Coliseum. Mikayla Pivik scored 18 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists, while shooting 6 for 9 from the floor on her way to the tournament MVP honors. Destiny Slocum put up 17 points and 4 assists to earn a spot on the all-tournament team. Now, freshman Taylor Jones scored 14 and pulled down 7 rebounds as she continues her stellar freshman campaign. Kat Tudor, who recently returned from injury, hit 4 of her five point attempts to finish with 14 points. Aliyah Goodman rounded out five Beavers in double figures with 11 points and four rebounds. Now, she set the preseason WNIT record with 15 threes in the tournament. Wow. So that's great. She's are looking fire. Beavs are looking good. And they're very, very long now. Very tall. They got a lot of height inside. Mm-hmm. I, when I mean height, I mean like 6'5", 6'9"
1: that's what I was going to ask what, what the, what the height of the girls are. Yeah. So
0: they've got their, what they like to say in basketball parlance is they're very long inside. Okay. So, a lot of length. so the four and uh, beavers will be back at Guild call season this Thursday at 11 AM for its annual beavers beyond the classroom game as Southern Utah visits Corvallis. So that's the one we've gone to before. Yeah. We're all, they they invite all the, uh, local school children to come in and watch the game hmm. Be on campus. So it should be a good
1: one. Do, do we have any, do we have any complimentary tickets we can use this year? No, they don't do that anymore. Dang. Nabbit. Yep. Um, cause, cause, uh, Rook's gotten the, the, the guilt pretty full for the games nowadays. Oh
0: yeah. They sell a lot of season tickets. So yeah, that used to be included oh, as okay. part of our, uh, pass, our bay, uh, football season tickets. You got those sports passes. Yeah. And, uh, Women's basketball now, now they, is no longer the sport.
1: Yeah, now they don't do that, but now they're desperately giving away football tickets straight try to fill a Which is a shame, because research should be fuller than it is, because it's, it's been a fun season this year.
0: Yeah, it's just been hard at home.
1: Yeah, but still a fun season. I mean, we've had great games to watch. Oh, I agree. So,
0: All right, Beach, uh, we'll finish it up with men's basketball. Oregon State rallied late but fell to Oklahoma 77-69 in the inaugural Phil Knight Invitational on Tuesday night at the Moda Center. Now down by as many as 20 points in the second half, the beeves closed to within six points in the final minute. Then on Saturday evening, Beach, five Oregon State players scored in double figures in an 83-63 win at Wyoming. Trace Tinkle finished with a team-high 16 points and nine rebounds. Now in that, he moved past Roberto Nelson and into fifth place on Oregon State's career scoring list. Uh, the senior is now up to 1,747 points in his outstanding Beaver career. The 3-1 and Beavers next return to Guild Coliseum for a two-game homestand. The first is Wednesday against UC Santa Barbara, and the second will be Saturday against Grambling State.
1: Against Grambling State?
0: Correct. Where's that at? They're out of the South. Okay. Okay. Uh... Okay, Billy. Yes, Beach. you hear that? I
2: do. Hold on one second here. What's going on? There, there. Hold on.
0: Billy. Yes, Beach.
1: This just in. Thieves stole Texas Southern University women's basketball jerseys just prior to Saturday's game against the University of Oregon Ducks in Eugene. Police were called in at 10.13 a.m. to the hotel where the TSU student-athletes were staying. According to police, an Under Armour, not Nike, duffel bag, which held women's, the women's uniforms, was taken from the hotel conference room. TSU staff and players searched for un, the uniforms, but they have yet to be found. TSU went on to play the, uh, play Oregon at 2 p.m. wearing their practice jerseys. Erin Andrews, Fox Sports and Dancing with the Stars personality, who many call the Colin Kaepernick of sports broadcasting due to her pathetic performances, chimed in on the situation. She tweeted, be cool, Oregon State, and get it back to the players. Stay classy. Just proving that Erin Andrews still does not know her ass from a hole in the ground. This has been your update from your team. Ah, <laughs> uh, that
0: was a good one. I wonder if anyone's gonna understand where that comes from.
3: <laughs>
0: Bitch. Yeah. So, so, for those of you that don't remember, uh, when was that? Was that two thousand ten?
1: She's. It yeah, probably because she's been with Fox News since like two
0: thousand twelve,
1: yeah. and this was. With ESPN because she was on Sports Center.
0: Yeah, I think it was 2010 uh, Civil War. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Beeves weren't very good. Oregon was, and they were playing to get into the um, national championship game. Yeah. And it was uh, Civil War at Corvallis. And during game day, uh, Coach Lee Corso, when he makes his choice at the end of ESPN game day, he always puts on the head of the mascot. But he.
1: But there, this was his own head. This was his well, own head.
0: Though. And At that point, they'd made a head, a mascot head that looked like Lee Corson. and It was yeah. kind of a prop, and it was a funny thing. And they had it there at Corvallis at uh, OSU because they were doing a live broadcast from game day. I believe from the quad. Weren't they in the quad?
1: I think so, yeah. I think they're in yeah. the
0: quad there outside the MU. And sometime during the day, the head was stolen, and Aaron Andrews... She tweeted on, out. She was a tweet. Was it a tweet or was it a, was it she say it online? I mean, I, on air.
1: I know. I think it was a tweet or some kind of a, a social media release.
0: But yeah, it was about so, stay classy, OSU. Stay classy, yeah, it, beer fans. You know, give the head back. Yeah, yeah and, give
1: give us the head back. Stay classy, OSU.
0: And what's the funny thing about that, beach?
1: The Oregon Ducks are the ones that stole the head, exactly. not any
0: Oregon State fans. It was, it was, it was. Duck and fans and, stole she, and she
1: never came out and apologized. Nope. For that. So, blame blamed Oregon State fans for stealing something the Duck fans stole in the first place, which is probably who has those jerseys. So. Mm-hmm. If, uh, I'm surprised. Thank God they had the practice jerseys to wear. I was kind of wondering when, if they were going to. uh, I mean, sounds kind of stupid, but it's like, what do you do if you don't have jerseys? Yeah. You know? I mean, I suppose, I suppose uh, if it was Oregon, they probably have like 35 different versions of the women's jerseys that they could have let the other team borrow.
0: Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) What color would you like? (laughs) Pink, purple. So. Black, white, (laughs) green, yellow. Chartreuse, yeah, lavender who blue, dilly jerseys? dilly dilly, dilly. Yeah, dilly. And who?
1: steals jerseys? You know, I mean, I again, I, you and I were were, were talking before the, the we started recording. You know, is stabbing people for a chicken sandwich. Yeah. People stealing uniforms. Yeah, you know, it, was, it was, What did I tell somebody the other day? You know, one of our basic fundamental freedoms in our country. Is property rights you know and and people don't realize that but but basic property rights the fact that you own stuff and that stuff is yours and people don't have the right to take it and you know it's just gone to hell you know they don't prosecute people steal crap they slap your hand somebody told me that you can steal crap in Seattle and just kind of like that that so now you can take a piss down in San Francisco in the public and it's okay they won't arrest you and I've also heard like in Seattle like, if it's not over $1,000, they really don't prosecute anybody any, any theft if it's less than $1,000. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, shit, I just steal everything all day long. Mm. Who cares? Everything you steal is going to be roughly under $1,000 easy, unless you go to Nordstrom's and you have to steal quite a bit of stuff to hit 1000 mm. So anyway, just, yep. just kills me. And, and, you know, I, there's a freaking under armor duffel bag sitting in a conference room. Who steals that shit? It's not yours. Yeah, I know. You know? I mean, that's <laughs> what just—I I, just—I scratch my head. I'm like, it's not yours. Why are you taking it?
0: Yeah. So I don't like anyway. thieving bastards. Jackass.
1: So there, that, that there, there might be your Tommy Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week award if they ever caught this son of a bitch. So
0: there you go. Anyway. All right, Beach. Well, are all you, right. Are you you Billy? Or it's time to go under for the further review for week number 12 in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line with the, the touchdown. All right. Okay. Heading into this week, Beej. Uh, Kyle was in third place. I hate you, Kyle. At 38. out of 50. Uh, that's not right. It wasn't 54. I had been adding him up wrong. So he had 38. You had 42. I had 46. So, first up, all the games were on Saturday, November 16th. First up, we had UCLA at Utah. Who'd you take?
1: Utah, and I think we all took Utah across the board, because UCLA is coached by Chip Kelly, the biggest asshole in the Pac-12, if not the entire NCAA.
0: The number eight Utes smothered UCLA on offense and shredded the Bruins on defense on their way to a 49 3 victory on Saturday night. Now, it was the largest margin of victory for the Utes in a Pac 12 game this season. On offense, the Utes totaled 536 yards and rushed for 201. Their domination was equally, equally pronounced on defense. UCLA saw a three game winning streak end after it committed five turnovers and averaged just 3.7 yards per play. The Bruins finished with 50 rushing yards after losing 81 total yards on sacks and tackles for loss. Now, for Utah, Zach Morris ran for 127 yards and two touchdowns and added 65 receiving yards. Moss moved into second place for career all-purpose yardage at Utah. Quarterback Tyler Huntley threw for a season-high 335 yards and two TDs on 14 of 18 passing. Brent Cuthy had career-high 132 yards receiving and a touchdown on five catches. It's not five touchdowns. He had five catches for 132 yards. Dorian Thompson Robinson threw for 219 yards for the Bruins, but had a pair of interceptions and a pair of fumbles. He was also sacked five times. Now, Utah overwhelmed UCLA in every possible way starting in the second quarter. The Utes totaled 189 yards on 15 plays in that quarter alone and forced a pair of Bruin turnovers. UCLA drove deep into Utah territory on multiple drives only to see each drive end in a turnover or a flurry of sacks. And that's just crazy. 14 receptions for 313, 335 yards.
1: It So essentially what I'm hearing here is, is he was averaging almost
0: tits. 24 yards of
1: pass. That, yeah, they, they made bitch tits their bitch this week is Pre- what it sounds like. Pretty much. You, you know, I just realized you said one of the – what, what what position does Zach Morris play?
0: Zach Moss.
1: Moss. Oh, I thought you said Morris.
0: No, Zach Because that
1: would have been so funny because if it was Zach Morris, I'm like, I'm like dude, was A.C. Slater on injured reserve? So anyway. <laughs> I you know, might
0: have said not, Zach Morris because so. <laughs> I did that earlier this year and I cut it out and used it as an outtake at the end because we both cracked up when I said Zach Morris because I caught myself when I did it that time. I might have just said it. I don't know. Uh, when, okay, I, when I play it back you know, later, I'll laughing.
1: Okay, okay. Well, you know, if, if I would have caught that sooner, I would have said, you know, every time you mention his name, you should say A.C. Slater was on injured reserve. And,
3: uh, yeah.
0: A.C. Slater had no That would
3: have been funny. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, next up was USC at Cal.
1: Oh... You know, I, I was I, I threw away my notes and so I can't remember who I picked, but I wanna say I picked USC.
0: No, we all picked Cal.
1: Oh, did we all pick Cal? It was a tough one though. So so and how do we do on that?
0: USC quarterback Keaton Slovis had his third four hundred yard passing game in the past four weeks and threw four touchdown passes leading Southern Cal to a 41-17 victory over California on Saturday night. Now Slovis, Slovis followed up a 400-yard game against Colorado and Arizona State by completing 29 of 35 passes for 406 yards. He threw TD passes on the final drive of the first half for the Trojans and the opening drive of the third quarter to keep USC in the race for the Pac-12 self-title. Now, Beach, the Trojans are just a half game behind Utah, but they hold the tiebreaker based on a head-to-head win. Slovis connected on an 18-yard TD pass to Amon Amon Ross St. Brown to cap USC's opening drive and then helped the Trojans break open a tie game with his TDs surrounding halftime. He also connected on a 33-yard touchdown to Michael Pittman on a 3rd-and-12 in the final minute of the first half to make it 17-10. He then threw a 50-yard pass to St. Brown on the opening drive of the third quarter, setting up an 8-yard TD toss to London to make it a 14-point game. Now, the Bears were hoping to get a boost from the return of quarterback Chase Garbers, who missed the past four games with a right shoulder injury. Garbers led a TD drive to start the game, but then left the game in the second quarter after appearing to hurt his left shoulder on a quarterback keeper. Now, he finished 4 of 10 for 33 yards, and Cal was unable to move the ball consistently under Devin Monster after that. Now, the Bears need to win one of their final two games against Stanford and UCLA to become bowl-eligible.
1: So, um, so USC has played one less game than Utah at this point. Is that what you're saying? That they're half a game behind? No. I mean, I, I, am rooting for Utah.
0: Yeah. I mean, myself.
1: Yeah. South. Well, I, I think Utah's a better team.
0: I do too. And I think I would like to see that Oregon, uh,
1: yeah. Cause Oregon? Oregon at this point, we haven't talked about them yet, but it, their game, but ultimately they've secured the North at this point. So correct?
0: yes, uh, USC is six and two. Utah is six and one.
1: Okay. So they'll. So, so yeah. You,
0: USC only has one more game remaining.
1: Okay. USC does or Utah?
0: Sorry, USC has one game remaining. They 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 play uh, UCLA this week. Okay. Utah has at Arizona and then home against Colorado.
1: So they need Utah to drop one uh, game of of their next. Yeah. In order for them to, to take advantage of that tiebreaker. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Great. Sorry. Sometimes, right. It, yeah, I don't always need pictures, you know, drawn for me, but sometimes I really like them.
0: Well, sometimes so. it's hard when you're talking about this and imagine it in your head. So, all right. Next up. Yeah. Yeah. Next up was Stanford at Washington State.
3: And.
1: I'm pretty sure I took the uh the Cougs on this one.
0: All three of us did. Washington okay. State quarterback Anthony And how do
1: we do this, Billy? Washington State. I love it when you start off
0: with the team that we pick
1: because that's usually a positive
0: note. Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon yeah. threw for 520 yards and five TDs as the Cougs scored the final 24 points of the game in beating Stanford 49 to 22 to move within one win of becoming bowl eligible. Now, that was the Cougs' first victory in almost a month. Gordon completed 44 of 60 passes and was intercepted once. He now has 39 TD passes on the season, which leads the nation and is a new team record. Aesop Winston Jr. caught 11 passes for 107 yards and a pair of TDs for Wazoo, which has a four-game winning streak against the Cardinal. Running back Max Borgi rushed for 111 yards and scored a pair of touchdowns. Brandon Arcanado caught nine passes for 140 yards for the Cougs also now for Stanford Davis Mills started in place of injured KJ Costello and he threw for a team record 404 494 yards Mills completed 32 of 49 passes for three TDs and a pair of t- interceptions Connor Wennington caught seven passes for 109 yards and Michael Wilson had five catches for 114 now Stanford played without a uh, KJ Costello and all Pac-12 defensive back Paulson Adebo, who are out with injuries.
1: So they were weak on both sides of the ball. Doesn't sound like that quarterback did all that bad, other than those interceptions.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: interesting. So now, how is, is Stanford going to be able be able to
0: get bowl eligible? Stanford right now Ooh. is four and six overall with two games remaining, and.
1: You know everybody's beat each other up so bad that everybody's just struggling to become bowl eligible in this. Yep.
0: Stanford Stan- has Cal, and then home home against Cal and home against Notre Dame. Ooh. We'll talk about the bowl picture here once we're done talking about the games.
3: Okay. All right. All
0: right. Up next, Beach We got the win there. Up next, Arizona at Oregon.
1: Arizona at Oregon. And again, ooh, I think I picked Arizona on this one.
0: We all picked Oregon, did we? Well, maybe it was. You can I take Arizona I'll... if you want. I'll no, change it for no. It. Do you. No, I, I think right?
1: what it was. I would, no, no, that's I all can right. Change to you know I change it Arizona. No, it's okay. I'm good. But what I was thinking of is, and I, we're going to talk about it here. But but Arizona has been known to knock off Oregon on occasion.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, didn't they? Uh, God dang it! Who was that one quarterback that they had? Uh, and you said that whole season, they're only one injury away from being a mediocre team. They're only one injury away from being a mediocre team. And they played Arizona, and they freaking broke his leg or something, didn't oh, they? Oh, no,
0: he went in injured, and then it, he injured even more. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't remember who that was. It was, it was 2010.
1: When that, when, that hap-
0: it was- when that happened, I was on a date with Jess.
1: okay. I just, I just remember, and, and, and nobody expected Arizona to be able to take him out, and they ended up beating them, and beating him at Watson too, I believe. You're looking it up right now, yeah, aren't I'm you? I'm trying to. Was that 2010? I don't know. No. I just remember that guy was fast. He he was darn good at the option. Was, see
0: so had, I know you're talking him. about, but it's not the one I was thinking. Were no, you... who was
1: before? it was two like two quarterbacks before mariota
0: Dennis Dixon Dixon that's it yeah that was 2007
1: was okay yeah i just he was uh, cuz he had those little pencil skinny legs too mm-hmm. and uh and but damn he was fast
0: yeah he he ran but, that uh, he ran that offense pretty right. well
1: yeah, but like you said, I mean, but he was that team back in those years. I mean, he he was the the whole damned offense. Mm-hmm. So without him making those quick decisions, they were nothing. So anyway, okay. So so Arizona, Billy, we picked all we all picked Oregon. Did Arizona did Arizona come and and uh, surprise the shock the Ducks?
0: They were definitely there.
1: Oregon so they showed up. Yeah, they showed up. Did Oregon they have, Did they have their jerseys? Did anybody steal their jerseys? No. Oh, okay, that's good.
0: Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert threw for 333 yards and four TDs, and number six Oregon won its ninth straight game and clinched the Pac-12 North with a 34-6 victory over Arizona on Saturday night. Graduate transfer Juwan Johnson caught five passes for 93 yards and a score for the Ducks. Now, Oregon hasn't won seven straight in conference play to start a season since 2012. And no team has started 7-0 in league play since Stanford in 2015. Now, Arizona started freshman quarterback Grant Gunnell. Head coach Kevin Sumlin had said this week that practice performance would determine whether Gunnell or senior Khalil Tate would start. Gunnell completed four of six passes for 28 yards. Now, Tate, who had started eight of Arizona's previous nine games, started the second quarter and played until Gunnell replaced him with just under 10 minutes left in the game. Now, J.J. Taylor had 17 carries for 74 yards and caught six passes for 55 for the Wildcats. Now, with that victory, Beach Oregon wrapped up the berth in the conference championship game on December 6th in Santa Clara, California. The Ducks opponent from the league's South division is yet to be determined.
3: Okay. So,
1: there you go. Disappointing. I was I was hoping we could uh, at least you know run the gauntlet to civil war, and then have civil war mean something.
3: Yeah. So not that it
1: doesn't mean something, but have it actually make an outcome for uh, who went to the to the to the championship game. Yeah. Since Oregon State is in the number
0: two in the north, yeah. right? Well, we'll talk about it there after we talk about our last game, Arizona State at Oregon State,
1: and none of us. Have uh, has has picked the uh, the opposing team. We've all gone with the Beavers this year, even Kyle. So how we Kyle. do, Billy?
0: Oregon State quarterback Jake Luton, one of sixteen players honored during pregame festivities on Senior Day, passed for two hundred eighty-eight yards and four TDs, leading Oregon State to a thirty-five to thirty-four victory over Arizona State on Saturday night. Oregon State's defense came up with two second-half turnovers and a key stop on a two-point conversion attempt to help preserve the win. Now, tight end Noah Togiai's 12-yard touchdown reception, which featured a highlight reel leap at the five, extended the Beavers' lead to 35-21 at 414 of the third quarter. Now, Togiai had his best game of the season with a team-high eight receptions for 76 yards and a TD. Now, ASU was in position to score the game-tying touchdown with 10 minutes left, but Eno Benjamin... Fumbled at the one yard line after a hit by safety and Morris. The ball was recovered in the end zone that by was safety Jalen Moore for a touchback.
1: Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Oh, it was great, and and he was purposely that knocking was awesome. the ball. Out. Yeah, he was yeah. purposely knocking the ball. Out. And it was it was it yeah. Was,
1: you, you, you know that that's one thing the beeps, the the, the beeps have really been going after the ball this
0: year. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah, but they haven't. more
1: so than I've ever seen them in the past.
0: But they haven't created a lot of fumbles. They no, but it.
1: they're trying, and they've yeah. done
0: a few. They've gotten a few.
1: They've gotten two or three. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, and, with,
1: and in this case, it's safe
0: game. Yeah. Now, with less than two minutes left on fourth and eight for the Beavs 12, ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels delivered a strike over the middle to Brandon Ayuk for a TD. The Sun Devils then elected to go for the two point conversion, but running back Eno Benjamin had nowhere to go on a pitch left, and his desperation heave in the end zone was intercepted by cornerback Nashawn Wright although it wouldn't have counted anyway because of multiple uh, ineligible receivers downfield on the play. Now, the Beavs got the ball back after the recovering the onside kick, and on 4th and 2 from ASU's 44 with 42 seconds left, Jake Luton's pass intended for Trevon Bradford was incomplete, but cornerback Jack Jones was called for pass interference to give the Beavs a first down to seal the win. Now, for Arizona State, Brandon Auk had 10 catches for 173 yards and on the score, and a stunning 63-yard punt return for a touchdown. Now, the Sun Devils had 408 yards of total offense compared to 393 for the Beavs, who defeated ASU for the first time since 2014. Luton completed 26 of 35 with no turnovers. He did his best work in the first half, connecting off 15 of 18 for 196 and three TDs. Arctavus Pierce for the Beavs fumbled the ball away after a hit by defensive end Roe Wilkins which turned out to be the Beavs' first lost fumble of the season. That was tough because the Beavs had no fumbles up until that one. Mm -hmm. That was the first fumble of the season. The Beavs still only have, I believe, four turnovers on the year. Three interceptions and one fumble. Not bad at all. No. Now, Beach, the Beavs have won four Pac-12 games for the first time since 2012. Hamaka Rashid Jr. recorded two sacks, giving him 14, a single season school record. He also now leads the nation in tackles for loss and sacks. Isaiah Hodgins' second quarter TD reception gave him 13 on the season, the second most single season mark in school history behind Brandon Cooks' 16 in 2013. Mm. What'd you well, want to
3: say? Um. Oh, was gonna say. oh, so
1: just, just a clarification, because again, I'm not as knowledgeable on football as you are when it comes to rules and stuff. So they were making that run, uh, when they went for the two point conversion Correct. and they're making the run, his blockers went downfield. He ran back. Ultimately he never crossed the line of scrimmage. He ran back to try to avoid the tacklers and then he ended up throwing it when you have. And so his linemen were already running to protect him as he was running towards the, the end zone. Um, once they're down there.
0: Once you go downfield, you doesn't, you can't come back. So so once they're down there, I mean, it you, is ineligible Once once you're downfield, you're ineligible. Yeah. Yeah. So so it
1: doesn't matter how far down the field do you have to be before You've got th- you're three yards, three yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Okay. So that's as far as you can you can go. What? And so again, just to clarify, because again, I'm not knowledgeable, and hopefully our our listeners aren't as. Like me, so if you're doing like a, a screen pass, right? Correct. So your your linemen intentionally miss their blocks. Yep. You they, they down, still have to stay. They, they, they can, still have to stay within three yards of that line of scrimmage in order no, for you to pass.
0: Not if the ball is passed behind the line of scrimmage. So if if your receiver doesn't go beyond the line of scrimmage, if he catches the ball behind the line of scrimmage, okay. They, they can be all the way downfield if they want.
1: Okay, so that's essentially what your screen pass is doing is
0: most of the time, yeah.
1: A lot of times the guy's not past line of scrimmage yeah. and the guy and he's he's behind your lineman after they intentionally miss their blocks. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. As,
0: okay. long, as long as he is, as long as the receiver is not beyond the line of scrimmage when he receives the ball, then it doesn't matter where your mm-hmm. linemen are. Yeah. So Okay. But I that, that but play was that, for me, watching that play, that was not a pass play. That was supposed to no, be no no not a, that was supposed to be a that pitch, was a run play that yeah which I don't know why they ran that I to me that was a weird call well,
1: well you you said it was a weird call I thought it made sense because they haven't run that play at all this that during the game I thought maybe they could sneak one by
0: yeah but I think they ran that, that kind of play against UCLA
1: and did they not have much luck with that oh, against they did, UCLA? they did
0: against UCLA but I just think Oregon State has better um pursuit like that where, where oregon state gets hurt is when you they, they don't get out flanked often it's when the guy comes on the cutback so maybe they were hoping for a cutback on that you know because
3: mm-hmm.
0: the briefs over pursue and then cut back on it but and that when he threw that ball i think he was just kind of ad-libbing knowing that he i think was, so too he, knowing he, was, that he was screwed and he just kind of chucked it out there
1: yeah yeah no i i kind of got it. you were, were you able to watch that or yes. were you still in the stage? That yeah, point. No, I was in the but stadium. You were was, in the but you were in the quarter, so you couldn't see very well in the stadium. I
0: know I could not see from the well, I mean I could see it from the backside. But yeah, that's what it yeah. looked like to me. So
1: from from our seat location, it was absolute desperation throw. Yeah. So he he was running away from the tacklers uh, from the pursuit. He throws it up there and uh, ultimately it was just trying to get close to one of his players and, and we were right in the position. To
0: yeah. Now there's the a club. lot of people that question should they have gone for two? You know, me, I'm I, I, one that if you're on the road and you have a chance to put the dagger in it and kill it, you do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And that it was funny because that's when I was sitting up in the stands with uh, everybody. That was the comment I made as well was, this is where Billy says, you're not at home. Your momentum is not in your direction at this point. you got to just kill it now because in overtime, their odds are not in your favor.
0: Although, and, well, and the thing is, you're still giving them the ball back with what, a minute 40 left? You're giving the beeves back. Yeah. Now, the only thing I would say about that, though, is you want to go ahead, and I, I know people say, well, but if you tie it, if they go down and kick a field goal, they're going to win, right? Mm-hmm. But if you go for two and get it, if they go down and kick a field goal, they still win. Yeah. Although, Oregon State's field goal game this year has been horrible. Absolutely. That said, Oregon State's two-minute drills have been pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Remember, they drove on Cal like that. They had like mm-hmm. a drive like that against Hawaii. They've had some. Yeah. Good, they've had some good two-minute drills. So, I mean, I, I still think I I like going for two. I don't like that play call. You've
1: yeah. got, well, you got teams team. that was that was good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, if I was them, I would have run a the, quick. Your opposing team can make bad calls all they
1: want, Billy. They're doing that. That's... Good for
0: us. Yeah, no, I I can agree. And I don't have to wear that damn duck shirt on Friday.
1: Absolutely. So do you, have, have we ever told the, the, our so about the bet? There's a, this a, this the-
0: there's a guy that uh, delivers beer to uh, Suds and Woodstocks who's from Arizona State. His name's Mike. Great guy. But him and I have an ongoing bet for the Oregon State-Arizona State game. And what we try to do is when we originally set this up, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, was that – Whatever the bet, the bet wasn't going to be money based or anything like that. It needed to be something humiliating.
1: I heard it was a who's your daddy was the. It first was guy.
0: kind of a who's your daddy, but we don't hang out to do who's your daddies. So what we did was I, I decided I go. You know, you deliver beer in Corvallis, he does. So him wearing an Oregon State shirt if the Bees win, delivering beer in Corvallis, no big deal. Yeah, me wearing an Arizona State shirt working is kind of weird. People look at me like, what the hell's up with that? But still, no big deal. Yeah, but either of us to have to work and wear an it's, Oregon duck it's, shirt.
1: It's not. Yeah, it's not like you're you're wearing a shirt that says I eat or something yeah, like that.
0: That hurts your soul, right? <laughs> wearing a Oregon duck shirt hurts your soul, and it My is a God, horrible yes. shirt too. It's it, yellow and bright yellow. And it say just the ducks are number one it or something says like that? Ducks number one on it. Yeah, it's just it's just ugly. It's stupid. Where'd you
1: get the shirt at?
0: Mike bought it on clearance somewhere for like okay. six bucks. <laughs>
1: Well, he's going to spend a lot of money on it. <laughs> so
0: it's just ugly. And I've had to wear the damn thing like the last three years. Hmm. Yeah, So he's, and so uh, I don't have to wear it this week. So I've already got it in the truck so I can give it to him on Tuesday when I see him.
1: Does so. he have to wear it all week or just one day?
0: Oh, he has to wear it on Friday.
1: Oh, Friday. Because okay. okay. he
0: delivers to us on Friday. Okay. So. <laughs> yep, and you have to wear it. You can't cover it up. You know, if it's rainy, you can put a coat on, but you need to keep it unzipped so people can see it. So you get the la- full la- humiliation. And he understands, la- and, and, and he'll do it too.
1: So, no, does he deliver to Eugene too, or just to Corrales?
0: Just, just to, to Corvallis Corral- Corral- on oh.
1: Fridays. Okay.
0: All right, Beats. Well. So um, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. In the AP poll, Oregon is number six. Utah is up to number seven. And USC and Washington are in the others receiving votes category. In the USA Today Coaches poll, Oregon, again, is at number six. Utah is up to eight and USC is in the Others Receiving Votes category. Now, last week for the playoff uh, positioning right now, LSU is at one, Ohio State at two, Clemson at three, Georgia at four, Alabama had fallen out at number five, Oregon at six, and Utah at seven. So we'll see what happens this week when they post those results on Tuesday, I believe. See where everybody moves. Now, Mm -hmm. Beach, we want to talk about where everybody was standing in the Pac-12.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: So in the north, Oregon has won it at seven and zero in the conference. Oregon mm-hmm. State is in second at four and three. Washington third at three and four. Stanford fourth at three and five. Cal at two and five. Washington State at two and five. And in the south, you've got Utah at six and one, USC at six and two, UCLA at four and three, Arizona State at two and five, Arizona at two and five, Colorado at two and five. Here's the interesting thing, Bage. I'm I'm looking at everybody's overall record. So Oregon at nine and one, Washington at six and four, Utah at nine and one, SC at seven and four, those four teams have all guaranteed themselves bowl games. Guess how many teams are completely out of a bowl game? How many? None.
1: All of them still have the ability to go boring. Everybody
0: still has the ability to go bowling. (laughs) Colorado, Arizona, and Stanford and UCLA are all at four and six. And and that's... You have to win your last two, but you've still got two games, so you're technically not eliminated. Yeah. Arizona, Washington State, Cal, and Oregon State are all at five and five. I don't think I've ever seen that. With two games to go every team could still make a bowl game. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen that.
1: So, you know, I still, and I haven't watched any duck games. I have listened to a few on the radio. Um, even though the ducks are seven and Oh, have it, from what I remember on this season. So far, they haven't dominated a lot of their games. Their They've defense, their yep.
0: defense is pretty dang good. Is that what's been –
1: yeah, because they have not had the high scores like they did a couple years ago with their their uh, dynamic offense.
0: Um, let's see. For the season, they've got points four. So they're the highest-scoring team in the pack. Then you've got Utah at 347, USC at 346. Why, uh, oh, no, wait, actually, Washington State's number one at 403.
1: Oregon at really? 378. So Washington State scored more points than any other team. Correct. Yet they are at the bottom of the Pac-12.
0: Correct. The North. Because they've given up 293 points. And a lot of
1: that was against uh, the, that damn high-scoring game against UCLA. Yeah. I mean, shoot, that was uh,
0: – And actually, was... when you look at it, their defense is actually not given up a lot of points too. But Oregon by far has given up the least amount. They've only given up 148 points on the season,
1: so that's that's really where their strength has been. I mean, their uh-huh. their offense scoring, but their their defense is preventing the scores. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Well. But anyways, you know, we can still make a, a good. We can still make a season out of this. It's not yeah. bad at four yeah, and three at the, this point. Oh. You know, because we we were still we were still at the beginning of the season. We were estimated
0: to be uh, what. They were sixth in the Pac-12 North. They were sixth and win two games. So we we two games did, on a they, season.
1: They expect. Wow. Yep. Not not just in the conference on the season. Correct. So they expect us to win our two out of conference games, and then go completely defeated in the Pac-12. Probably. That's a, Wow. So. Cool. Well. What uh, So we got uh, Washington State next week, correct? Yep.
0: And we'll talk about it in a little bit. <clears throat> and okay. I thought maybe you'd want to talk about the tailgater.
1: Ooh, we can talk. We freaking ran out of food again. That's what I'm talking
0: about. I don't know what to – I'm just going to have to start bringing a heck of a lot more than I ever thought. Like I said, I brought 80 quarter-pound hot dogs.
1: And th- that was what Dad asked me. He goes, were those quarter-pounders? I'm like, they were huge. Yeah, they were quarter-pound hot dogs. What what was the was there what kind of what was the brand was there a brand name on those?
0: I can't remember what I bought.
1: But they look good, and you bought good bacon I, too I, to I, wrap them in.
0: I buy good. I buy good meat. You know what? I don't want to eat garbage. I don't think anybody else does either. No. And so those. Were, you know the sad thing is, we we never got to eat any of it. I know I never got any of the hot dogs. So there was eighty <laughs> quarter pound hot dogs wrapped in ten pounds of bacon. Wow. Plus there was probably over ten pounds of pulled pork there too.
1: I was wondering how much pork you you cooked up. Probably about
0: out. ten pounds. Okay. After it was all said and done, there was probably ten pounds of meat in there. Wow. And it was gone.
3: Yeah,
1: I I only had a bag of uh, mac and cheese left.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. And and a few uh, jalapeno poppers. Otherwise, I deep fried everything.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I'm just gonna have to start bringing
1: more food. You know. Well, yeah. Well, you know, it's tough at the final game because you know we didn't even and really when you think about it. You know, in the years past, we, like, would have – we would bring some extra sausages, right, from – if they had leftover sausages from sausage fast. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a smorgasbord because we just clean out the kitchen.
0: Yeah. But we
1: really didn't have much of the kitchen to clean out this year because every game we were down to the, the short strokes on food. I
0: know. I know. We're just going to start bringing more. And uh, yeah. <laughs> then we did retire the uh, original protein cooler. Yeah.
1: Said audio – I kept the condom on it, or off. I, I, kept I, the I saw it.
0: Yeah, it's in the trailer.
1: I don't know if we can find a cooler the right size again, but uh, yeah. I didn't want to see that one go.
0: Yeah, so that that cooler that served us well since 1993 is no longer. Sad. Yeah, but uh, I think what we're going to do is uh, make the cooler that we used for the frozen stuff will be the new protein cooler, and then okay. I will buy you a new frozen foods cooler.
1: Okay, cool. Be a little bit bigger. Yeah, well because God knows we have enough space in the trucks and well, the trailer to haul another big-ass cooler.
0: Well, my thing is with that, I don't know. It, it'll probably be the same size, but expanding the protein cooler will let me take out more of that stuff in the protein cooler. Gotcha. Yeah, because gotcha. like, I could put onions and stuff that's going to get cooked anyway in there. Gotcha. So, But all in all, a good tailgater. I think everybody had a good time. Yeah, it was a good season. Good season of tailgaters. Yeah, I think every, it was yeah, we, really good.
1: Yeah, and we only had one day of, like, mild rain, and I think that was on the first cheesesteak day.
0: Yep.
1: And it, still Kelly dried,
0: and it still dried out. Yeah, part. it wasn't bad.
1: Uh, you know, so all the home games, for the most part, were fun. Yeah. Uh, and we ended with a win, so that's you, positive. Utah wasn't fun. No. But, you know, you, that wasn't fun, but damn it if Utah wasn't a great team.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree.
1: You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's like I, I've lost to the Ducks before, and they're freaking holding and cheating and all that BS just pisses me off. Um, there's been a couple other ones, that Washington game from quite a few years ago where the refereeing was so bad that we booed them for the entire fourth quarter. You know, that one pissed me off. But the the Utah game, it's just like, dude, we're getting our ass handed to us by a really good team. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah and, and, and could... I was just to say, I'm one that's all forgiven the other guy credit.
1: Yeah. And, and, and Utah, a lot of talent, well coached,
0: you mm-hmm. know,
1: and I think if they played an average game and we played our best game, um, I still think we'd, we'd struggle beating them. I agree. So, so it's a, it is what it is. I hate to see an ass kicking like that, but damn it if they weren't good. Yep. So hopefully I, I wish them the best. I hope they get the PAC 12 South. And ultimately I hope they get an opportunity to go to the Rose bowl. So, they to me, they deserve it. I think they're the best, the best Pac 12 team, and uh, and I don't want to see those dirty, cheating, no good lions, sons of bitch, and ducks go. <laughs> and uh, kind of cool, you know, because I mean, how long have we been in the Pac 12 now? it Has been five, six years, or has it been longer
0: than that? Pac 12 started in
1: 2012, 2012, so we're se- seven seasons now.
0: Is that correct? 12,
1: 13, eight, eight seasons. This is, that the, eight? Eight,
0: this is the eighth, yeah,
1: okay. And and didn't they question Utah and Colorado's ability to perform in little, the Pac-12 when they came in?
0: A little bit.
1: Yeah. And. Uh, I think they're doing great. They, yeah, I mean Utah the last few years has been pretty solid, and this year very solid. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Colorado had a few high high moments, not this year, but.
0: They've had a lot of anyway. low moments too. So.
1: Yeah, but didn't they have one good season
0: last two? Uh, last two years ago? I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Airy Beach. Well, let's move along. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville... What's
2: he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do.
0: (laughs) Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beej, it's going to Arkansas and just college football in general. So, Beej, last week, Arkansas made a change in leadership in its football program. Vice Chancellor and Director of Athletics Hunter Urechek announced last Sunday that Chad Morris had been dismissed as the school's head football coach. Now Morris was hired in December 2017 and was in his second season as the head coach of the Razorbacks. Now the Razorbacks had a 4-18 record in his tenure at Arkansas, including 2-8 this season. Now, Juracek said, quote, as part of my continued evaluation, I've come to the conclusion that a change in leadership is necessary to move our football program forward and position it for success. It is clear that we have not made the progress necessary to compete and win, especially within the Southeastern Conference. Throughout our history in football, as well with our other sport programs, we have demonstrated that the University of Arkansas is capable of being nationally competitive. I have no doubt that as we move forward, we will identify a head coach that will help lead our program to the benchmark. I want to express my personal and professional regard to Coach Morris and thank him for his investment in the lives of our student athletes. Now, of course, your check announced that a national search for the next head coach would begin immediately, and then assistant coach and former Razorback QB, Barry Looney Jr., would serve as interim head football coach for the remainder of 2019. And, Beach, it's just this is starting to piss me off. The dude didn't even make it through two, two seasons. Mm-hmm. Now, years ago, you used to get a the coach would get a, uh, a his first contract, and it'd usually be for four or five years. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty well known that you had four or five years to show what you could do.
1: Because you're not you're not you're not playing with your recruits. Correct. You're playing with your your predecessors recruits. Correct. Which not might not be suited well for your offensive or defensive schemes. Correct. And, uh, and so you think and, – and, and everybody always – I've always was under the impression by the third year you're like, by the third year we should start seeing some good performance because by this time his recruits should be juniors for the most part and have some performance, some 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 skills under their belt and uh, you'll start seeing some positive ups correct by the third season.
0: Correct. And you, you should – that's when you should start seeing the corner turned because football, unlike yeah. most other sports – you can't bring in a bunch of freshmen and exp- – on very rare occasions can you expect to bring in freshmen and can compete at the level you want to compete at, right? Basketball, you can go out and bring in one, maybe two guys and, mm-hmm. and, and really affect the program. Football takes some building. There's, You, you can't go out yeah. and get freshmen and, and expect them to compete against – because it's such a physical game – it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to bring in freshmen and compete at that high level right off the bat. And I just, yeah. we see this, we you know we saw it with Florida state and not that I have any love for Willie Taggart. Cause I sure as hell don't, but you know, the guy didn't even get two seasons. Well, might... This guy didn't get two seasons. It's Ar- like, what the hell? Yeah. Arkansas might
1: need, maybe they should swap coaches. That'd be funny.
0: I mean, that would be like firing Jonathan Smith right now. Mm-hmm. Cause he got hired in December of 2017. Are you gonna fire him right mm-hmm. now? If if he hadn't won enough games right now, if he'd only won two games, should he be fired? You know, yeah. I just I don't understand and, that.
1: Well, and we've we've seen continued improvement from his teams. Well, not not the his, wins we'd like to see. Come, you know, as as fans, you know, you want to see every win, but yeah. but. Uh, well,
0: and and but you also gotta look at it. They're competing in the SEC,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? So
3: mm-hmm.
0: let's see who is in that them. I think they're in the SEC West. So who's there? Who's in the SEC West? LSU. Okay. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Auburn. Okay. Texas A M. Okay. Mississippi State and Ole Miss. You know? Like
1: and you know what? If if the coach cheated to get the wins he needed so he didn't get fired, then he'd get yelled at for cheating. Yeah. So
0: and- <laughs> Well, and I mean they've got a couple. I don't want to say they've got a couple of bad losses, but they beat Portland State. They beat Colorado State. They did lose to San Jose State at home, but then you know they lost to number twenty three, number eleven, number one. It's like, <laughs> what do you expect them to do? You know? Yeah. I just.
1: You're playing some of the strongest teams and you're on your second year.
0: Well, then this then this week what they do, they went out and lost to Western Kentucky. Forty five to nineteen. So I just I don't it's, understand. I don't understand what you expect out of these teams.
1: All right, and we're out of the coaches.
0: Yeah. We're out of the coaches, too. So to Arkansas and the rest of college football that thinks your team should win every goddamn game you play, this week's Jackass Week of the Ward. <laughs> It's for you. I just don't like to see a beach. Well, you know, I I always
1: go back to the old adage. In any Saturday, 50% of the teams are going to lose. Yeah. In football. Now, in soccer, they all might tie. But in football, 50% of the teams are going to lose. Correct. And and so when you start realizing that, you know, it's – and I, and I like to think, you know, when we talk to all the guys at the tailgater and stuff, the, the, you know, our, our people around us, and we start talking about the football games, you know, we all have reasonable expectations for the Beavers. Yep. You know, golly, certainly hope we win today. Call it's going to be a good matchup. You know, we're not, we, I don't think, especially as Beaver fans, we have that, that, uh, act like we're entitled to wins. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and I don't think that's the case for the play, the, the fans down in Eugene. I absolutely believe their fan base feels they're entitled to wins because of who they are.
0: No, I, I believe uh, that too.
1: Yeah, but but as far as the Beaver fans go for the vast majority of us out there, we're all like, dude, and, and you and I've had this conversation. I think we might have shared it with people who listen to our podcast, but the fact is our our the, the school we support is in Corvallis. Trying to get top-tier talent to come to Corvallis, Oregon is difficult, especially if you're saying just Talent that's going to, into the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Where would you go if you are a horny 18-year-old just graduated from high school? Would you want to go to sunny Arizona, where the chicks are the hottest girls in the Pac-12? You know, or Southern California, where the chicks are also hot and there's a lot of crap to do, or the Bay Area? You know, where there's where it might be different than what you've ever experienced before. Seattle,
0: uh, where it's a big. Seattle,
1: town. yeah, for you know, which Seattle is. Definitely, you know, a a premier spot in the in the Pacific Northwest, the best spot. Or now now you're down to you can say Colorado, but well Colorado and Utah. I don't always consider them, but Utah. It's still still, other than
0: other than Pullman is the hardest place to recruit to in the Pac twelve.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, after going to Pullman two years ago, oh my god, I had no idea. I mean, I always thought, oh, it's just outside of Spokane. It's way the hell outside of Spokane. Mm
0: -hmm. It's up in the middle of nowhere.
1: It really is. And, I mean, I I always heard the rumors that, well, they didn't have a McDonald's until a few years ago, and they had to drive to Moscow, Idaho, to get a McDonald's. And then when you realize that that was true, you're like going, good God, how small is this place? Yeah,
3: it's pretty small. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then you look at Corvallis, and it's the same concept. I mean, Corvallis is a little bit larger. It's on I five, or not too far off I five, so you can get to Portland or or uh, Salem or whatnot fairly rapidly, at least some populace. But Corvallis isn't a big destination. People don't come to Oregon and say, Oh, hey, let's go to Corvallis.
3: Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go ride the only escalator in uh. Let's go to Stadium and ride the only escalator in uh, Benton County.
0: know. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people realize that. All right, Beach. Yeah. Let's move along. Now it's time for our musical interlude of the week from 1985. It is my pick. And oh. I got one just because there's I like the song and there's also a little funny thing about it too. So, Beach, this song ended up number 28 on the 1985 Hot 100 chart. Mm-hmm. It was sung by Leslie Sebastian Charles, a Trinidadian English recording artist who had a string of R&B international pop hits in the 70s and 80s. Have you ever heard of Leslie Sebastian Charles?
1: I can't say as I have, but I probably heard the song.
0: Oh, you – you, well, you understand he changed his name.
1: Oh, it's a dude. I kept thinking it was a
0: chick. Nope, he changed his name. Now, according okay. to an interview, his stage name was derived – from a local football team that was in his hometown in Trinidad and Tobago, who called themselves Ocean's Eleven. Ooh, would this be a guy named Billy? This would definitely be Billy Ocean. Now, the second single from his 1984 album, Suddenly, ended up at number 28 on the 1985 Hot 100 chart. Now, he had a number of songs that from that album that came out, including Suddenly, but this one is the song Loverboy. You know, Lover Boy.
1: I do know Lover Boy. Okay. I thought there was going to be more. That's why I was well, silent.
0: This Sorry is this that. is the funny part about this about this. So Lover Boy ended up at number twenty eight on the nineteen eighty five Hot One Hundred chart. A song by Tina Marie ended up at number twenty nine on the nineteen eighty five Hot One Hundred chart. Any guess on what the title of number twenty nine would be? Loverboy? Boy. No. Oh. <laughs> Billy Ocean sang Lover Boy.
1: Oh, Lover Girl?
0: Correct. Tina Marie saying Lover Girl, and it ended up at 29. Huh. And I just find that funny. So here now is, is Leslie Sebastian Charles, known the world over as Billy Ocean with Lover Boy. I do love me some Billy Ocean.
1: You know, I get him confused with, uh, I think it was Terrence Trent DRB. D'Arby.
0: Oh, I love him. You're thinking of Wishing Well. Yeah. I love that
1: song. Yeah. So, you know, there was, uh, my, my friend Maria was telling me one time, god dang it, it was, uh, it was Electric Avenue?
0: I'm going to rock. Down to Electric Avenue. Yeah. So,
1: that whole uh, song is about the poverty yeah. and something about the electricity where he lived, that there was no electricity in a certain area of town or something and literally had to walk down to where the electricity turned on. Uh-huh. Is that... Yeah. So, never knew that. That was interesting. I don't know if that's a 1985 song or not, but maybe that's when no, I consider you, when you, you were
0: it. in. Uh, you were a lot longer when Eddie Grant came out with that. Okay. That came out in
3: 90, uh,
0: 1982.
3: Okay. So
1: wow.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, better. but right. well, still cool. I did not know that that uh, Billy Ocean had a name like Leslie. Yeah.
0: Oh. yeah. Anyways, that song I I love some Billy Ocean. Um, although my favorite Billy Ocean song is probably "Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Cart."
1: That's good. That's a good one. Now, when did that one come out?
0: Oh, that came out a couple years later, probably like '87.
1: Okay. You know, it, it's it's funny here. We're picking all these songs, and you know, for so much you think of the '80s and you think of the big hair bands and stuff. And uh, there was a lot of just good music back then, not not just hair band stuff, but but because Billy Ocean really pretty unique sound.
0: Oh yeah, so uh, Get Out of My Dreams came out in '88. Okay, <clears throat> so there you go. All right, uh-huh. Beach. Uh, Let's keep moving along here. It is now time to preview week number 13 of the Pac-12. I've got Kyle's picks. Now, he also texted me and said he had some good stuff written down in his email, and I have not read it yet, so I'm going to open it up here. All right, Beach. So, after last week, scores were Kyle at 42 out of 79, you 46 out of 79, and me at 50 out of 79. And I told you this week I would pick before you. Yes. All right, so all the games are on Saturday, November twenty third. First up, UCLA at USC. I so it's the uh, battle for the victory bell. Mm-hmm. I am going to take USC.
1: You know, you got to you, you got to risk it in order to win, right?
0: As the boys in say, for- sometimes you got to risk it for
1: the biscuit. That's that's what I'm thinking. And for me to catch up on four points, that means I've got to pretty much pick almost every opposite team you do. In order for me to get close to beating you, Um, the uh, what was again, where was the one there's a there's some school that has a big ass bell that they ring when they uh, when they score and a student gets uh, picked to go down there. And when he beats on the bell, if you got the right angle, it looks like he's beating on something else.
0: Oh, I've never seen it.
1: You ever, you, you ever seen that? guy? i got to look that well, one I, up. I know
0: they ring the victory bell when they win in the in this game yeah. in L.A. but
1: Yeah, that's well, that's what got me thinking about it. But it's not the victory bell, but it's some school. I don't know where it is back east. Uh-huh. But, yeah, you'll see the guy just hammering on the bell, but it doesn't look like he's hammering
0: on the bell. It looks like he's hammering. <laughs> All right, Beach. I'm taking USC. Who are you taking? Uh, You know, I think Chip Kelly, that son of a bitch, cheating bastard, is going to pull
1: a win out to upset USC and knock him out of the uh, the Pac-12 race.
0: All right. So you're taking UCLA? I am. All right. Kyle says, USC takes the victory bell, ensuring UCLA and Chip Kelly will not be going to a bowl game. So there you go. Next up, Cal at Stanford. I'm gonna take Cal Kyle says Stanford collapsing Cal wins the big game
1: see even before you pick that I'd already picked Stanford okay so um, just because it's at Stanford and I think I just think that that's going to be enough for them to take that spot but are they still missing their who are they listening their quarterback
0: No, uh, Cal was missing their quarterback.
1: Uh, Stanford, who'd they lose? They lost somebody, didn't they?
0: Mm, uh, They were missing a defensive back. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'm starting to take Stanford. I think the Cardinals are going to beat them.
0: Okay. Next up, Oregon at Arizona State. I'm going to take Oregon. Kyle says, a rough weekend for fans of Arizona schools. Oregon.
1: I will also take Oregon.
0: Okay. Next up, Utah at Arizona. Funny, both teams played away last week. Now they're both at home. I am going to take Utah. Kyle says, bear down and take a loss. Utah.
1: I will do the same.
0: Washington at Colorado. I'm going to take UW. Kyle has a big thing written out here. You told me that this was going to be interesting. So here we go. Ralphie Five was born in October 2006 on the Vermejo Park Ranch located in Cimarron, New Mexico, owned by Ted Turner. Like Ralphie Four, Ted Turner donated Ralphie Five to the university. As the darkest calf in the herd, she was named Blackout by ranch hands. Ralphie Five has now reached maturity, weighing approximately 1,200 pounds and standing about 5 feet tall at her hump. Her growing has stopped, but not her speed or strength. She currently completes her run around Folsom Field, nearly two football fields in length, in less than 25 seconds. Ralphie Five officially retired on November 12, 2019, after almost 12 seasons. The reason? The athletic department says she's too fast. Now, according to a press release from the university,
1: quote... Is this the one where they turned the... What? Was This this isn't one that pulls a cart or anything, is
0: it? No, you're thinking Oklahoma. Ralphie, they have the handlers that hold on to her, and they run okay. around, around the thing. Now, this, okay. is, this is the press release from the university. Quote, with past Ralphies, as they aged, their speed typically decreased. With Ralphie 5, she has been so excited to run that she was actually running too fast, which created safety concerns for her and her handlers. She was She also wasn't consistently responding to cues from her handlers. And her temperament was such that she was held back from leading the team out for C for Colorado's last two home games against USC and Stanford. So and then they retired her. So Kyle says, "No, Ralphie, no win. Washington wins." So that damn Buffalo just kept getting faster. Wow. So he's taking UW. I'm taking UW. Who are you taking?
1: I'll take UW as well.
0: You've only got. Well, I guess you got two different.
1: I got two different. We got one more, one more week left after this,
0: right? There you go. Great. Right, like, last, recover. Uh, last up, Beach. Oregon State at Washington State. I'm going to take OSU. Kyle says uh, the beeves, of course. And you're going to take Washington.
3: Well, I will
1: as well take the beeves Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this in a two stage. I just got to tie you because you know, in a tie, we'll have to have a playoff for for something else. This ain't freaking soccer, Beach. I know, well, I know that's what I'm saying. We're not going to tie. We'll have a we'll have some kind of a playoff thing, but uh, I just need to get there so we can force the tie. Right. And I'll take I'll take it over two weeks. I can't do it all in one week, you know.
0: Yeah. Don't take too big a bite of that apple. Exactly. exactly. Well, and I gotta it's tell you, Meach, I gotta tell you. So I was trying to do a uh, Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week because mm-hmm. I guess in the Duck game, Micah Pittman broke his arm or his wrist. And I guess uh-huh. it was pretty gross. Ginger texted me and said it was gross, but I've been uh-huh. trying to find a video clip of it and I can't find it. Okay. So no, there's no makes me want to puke. Play of the week this week.
1: Okay, but we might revisit. Can we revisit this maybe if you find one next week?
0: I mean, maybe. I just I can't I can't find any videos of it.
3: Okay. Uh, the
0: one video I've seen um, was uh, you couldn't see it because it was all blocked. Gotcha. But um. I can't remember what she said, but she said it was pretty gross. Okay. So, but so no, none of that. Um, and the Beavs play at Wazoo this week. I, I think the Beavs have a good chance. They've played very well on the road.
3: I,
1: I would, I would agree. Um, Wazoo's been inconsistent at best. Hmm. Um. And uh, I think we're we're fairly healthy.
0: I, I um, healthy as we're going to be this point in the season. Yeah.
1: Who who? Forgive me because I keep forgetting his name. Who was who was the receiver last week? Who just on Saturday? Who just was phenomenal
0: for um, Arizona
1: State? No, for for the Beavs. Um,
0: the tight end, Noatogia. Yes, he looked great. That was the best game of his career. Oh, absolutely,
1: he looked phenomenal. And if he can perform again uh, next week or this this Saturday, um, I don't, I don't, I think we're just going to dominate.
0: Yeah, now, so. But what, what we need to see out of the Beavs, they need to get pressure on Gordon because I, I watched a little bit of a replay of that game and mm-hmm. Stanford got no pressure on Gordon. He was sitting back there eating a cheese sandwich, watching the Flintstones, waiting for the the his receivers to make two and three moves and get open. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stanford got no pressure on him. And the other mm. thing I think the Beavs need to do, get pressure on him and don't allow Max Borgie to to get any yards. Either either running the ball or receiving the ball. Shut down okay. that receiver. Or shut down that I'm run, running back.
3: Gotcha.
1: So, okay, what time is that game? Game's at six o'clock. Okay. Uh pack twelve or is it gonna be broadcasting something
0: else? Mm, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. But anyways, yeah, six o'clock. Anything else to add, Beach?
1: You know, uh, I've already shared my problems with my dryer, so that's pretty intimate there. Um, I got nothing else.
0: All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 135 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways. HeinertTailgater at gmail.com, at Tailgator on Twitter, Tailgator on Facebook. Remember, you can listen to us on any podcatcher. Please leave a rating and review. Beach, good show number 135.
1: Yeah, I think it was actually our best show number 135 we've ever done.
0: I bet it is. I bet it is. So, Well, let's hope uh, the beeves need one more win. Let's hope we get it this weekend. What, one more win? I'm hoping for two. Well, I just need one right now so they can go more. Okay. So until then, here's a great big Go beeves. Then, Beach, on Saturday, five Oregon State players scored in double figures in a 83-63 to win over Wyoming at uh, – at uh, in Wyoming. That didn't come out right. Five Oregon State players <laughs> – <laughs> You suck. Then on Saturday evening, Beach – You suck.
3: And- you, you, you suck. It's in a paper straw.